You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 83 of the Team Stripes Podcast, proudly presented by Acme Whistles, helping you make the big call since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunderer is now available in matte black. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Ross. Ross, how are you this week? Dude, I am absolutely fantastic. We took a week off last week. You were feeling under the weather. I was kind of tired from the amount of skating I've been doing. So we're back. Uh, Lots to talk about. The season's in full swing. So much NHL stuff going on. I think, you know, and then we got the American League starting here in a couple of days. Uh, What, a week and a half, I think. Yeah, February 5th for them. So we're we're just getting everything moving, getting into gear. And I am riding high after the huge win last night by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to solidify themselves as the NFC champs going to the Super Bowl. And what the craziest thing to come out of that is, is in the 54 years that there has been a Super Bowl, the host team has never played in it until now so next week here in tampa it's going to be ridiculous are they gonna let fans in for that do you know uh, i believe so um i read a story where the nfl said they wanted to fill the stadium with vaccinated healthcare workers that would be awesome so i i would love to see every seat in that place be given to a healthcare worker that has helped contribute to the fight against COVID and just, let's just fill the stadium with those people. They, they certainly deserve the experience of a lifetime of going to the Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. And I mean, there's probably nobody more deserving than them, especially after this whole year and all of last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but like, obviously, Oh, sorry. Tampa sorry. is becoming the new Boston. Yep. Champa Bay, baby. So, so the, uh, the Stanley cup needs a buddy. And I'm thinking that Lombardi trophy is going to look really good chilling with Lord Stanley. Now all you need is what the Rays to win a, a world series. I mean, they won the American league this year. So we, so for Tampa sports, it's been wild. So the Tampa Bay rowdies, which is the minor league soccer team, they won their division lost in the finals. The Rays won the American league, obviously lost in the world series. And then our Tampa Bay Lightning bring home the Stanley Cup. And now the Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl. And it's what a, what a crazy year for Tampa. And then on top of that, you have Tom Brady truly solidify himself yesterday as the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Absolutely no doubt like, whatsoever. People questioned him before, you know, is, is it Belichick? Is it Brady? Brady comes to Tampa. We're t- absolutely terrible the last forever since our Super Bowl in 03. And in one year, takes his team from not even making the playoffs to go into the Super Bowl. Greatest of all time. So yeah. enough about football. <laughs> Let's focus on what this podcast is really about. Ref and hockey. So let's start with uh, what have you been skating lately? Anything good? Uh I mean, it's just business as usual down here. I, I did a weekend of uh, North American League games, and those are, there you go. as always, a blast. So always good there. Um, I really, I mean, 
we well, look, we're only a week and a half into the season, but there's been so many games that it feels like we're five months into this season, which I absolutely oh my love. God. 116 straight nights of NHL hockey, by the way. And I am I am all here for it. One thing that I think we have to talk about, we would have talked about it last week had we uh, recorded the podcast, was the very opening face-off speech given by Kelly Sutherland before the Penguins, and I believe it was the, the Flyers. Yeah, the Penguins Flyers. Dropped the puck. I'm um, all for mic'd up referees, and like I loved what they did at the World Juniors. Loved it. This one a little too much for me. Um, I think I, I I'll preface this first by I, Kelly Wes and I think Dan O'Rourke are our top three officials in the NHL. No doubt. Um, I think Wes should have been the one with the little speech, just because. He has more, a little more name power and a little more charisma. The speech felt like what he said felt forced. Very whereas, whereas if it would have come out of Wes, he would have had us rolling out of our chairs laughing. So I, I think that's the only thing I would have changed. Um, but I get, Kelly did a good job. It just felt forced. Yeah, it was it was really funny though because if you watch the wingers, they're like they're ready for the face off. And then yep. about halfway through the speech, they like stand up and like, "Are you going to be done today?" Or <laughs> are we dropping the puck? Yeah. Or are, you, uh, are you delivering uh, an acceptance speech? Yeah, it was it was one of those speeches where it was like, I I understand the theory behind it, and you know you want to yeah. build off the World Juniors great PR, but this speech was a, a wee bit forced in my opinion. Yeah, and it was a little too long. I, I yeah, I would say too about wordy. like ten sentences too long. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, we're a week and a half into the season. I mean, there's games galore we can talk about, hits galore we can talk about. Yep. As for suspensions and fines, though, this season, we've only oh, had tons of well, there's been quite a few fines. There's been four fines total this year that I found, and then one suspension as of right now. The first suspension, though, I mean, it was on the first day of the NHL, it took all of I think like six hours. Oh, wow. Sorry, I got distracted by whatever uh, motorized vehicle. Yeah, I I did too. Apparently, one of my neighbors thinks he's really cool and and has to rev his engine, but that sounds like a motorcycle. It's not. It's it's an old Mustang. It's actually a really nice car. Yeah, cool. Not anyway, a car podcast, though. Back, sorry. back to the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the the first suspension took a whole whopping. I think it was like four hours after the opening faceoff to uh, commence. We had a nice little hit to the head, and I believe it was a St. Louis game. Um, he got a one or two game suspension for it for an illegal check to the head. I mean, no no major news there. I nope. I don't think. As far as the four fines, they were for one was an elbow, cross check, yes. rough, and a slash. Yeah. Honestly, so let's talk about the elbow. I think is that the one they missed or is that the one they gave the minor on? It was a minor, two minute minor. Okay. So I think that elbow, uh, yes, it was an elbow, but it probably should have been called a major. Um, that's one of the ones I looked at last week. Uh, the slash, um, the referee was kind of in an awkward position for, 
he was standing in between all the players in the corner and then bumped out. And right after he bumped out and turned, the guy slashes the dude across the, across the chest. And again, it was only given as a, as a minor penalty, but I think had the referee been further away, he'd have called a major. The problem there is he's just too close to it. Cause I, and I I've told people multiple times, the hardest penalty to call is the one that happens just a few feet in front of you. Yeah. Cause you have absolutely no clue what's yeah. happening. So, and then there was the, what, what were the other two? Uh, it was a roughing and then a, uh, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I can't place the videos because no, I know I watched them. Um, to continue on with the NHL stuff, uh, a couple of quick, like one officiating uh, related. Um, the NHL released the roster of the Canadian division officials. Mm-hmm. So we have Reed Anderson, Mitch Dunning, Eric Furlock, Furlot, Mark Jonette, uh, Michael Mc- uh, Markovic, Brad Meyer, Kendrick Nicholson, Kevin Pollock, Chris uh, Schledker, Graham Skilleter, and Gor- Corey Savret. And then the linesmen are Steve Barton, Dave Brisois, Michelle Cormier, Scott Cherry, um, Steve Miller, Bevan Mills, Keel Murchison, Derek Nansen, and Mark Suchik. So those are going to be the guys that you see working every game in Canada. Um, there are a few guys on the referee side that are American League and NHL officials. I would assume that those guys are probably going to be just full-time NHL this year just because you know they're going to be needed um, in working games north of the border. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting the fact that those referee and linesmen have to see the same seven teams all year. I mean, now granted, like sure. The players are somewhat used to it because all the refs are always the same night in night out for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, But this season's definitely going to be interesting just with the teams not being able to go or the referees not being able to cross the borders. So it'll be interesting to see. I guess how the teams react to that. Plus mm-hmm. you have the back-to-back games where it's going to be the same crew. Yes. So well, it's, and, it's kind of like that, a junior style schedule. And mentioning the same crew, that kind of segues into the NHL referees are reducing travel and considering three-man system as a contingency. Um, so basically, obviously what you just said, the same officials are going to be working the two set. Um so that kind of, that does help mitigate travel. It also, you know, lessens their exposure to the general public. There's a possibility where we might see some games go to three man due to uh, an official testing positive, whether it would end up, you know, one and two or two and one. It depends on, you know, if it's the linesman or the referee. They've also considered a, a basically an e-bug situation like you would have with the goalies accepted be emergency backup officials. Um, I know that some of the officials that work the world junior have been considered to be on that list. um, If that's something that they do. So there is a good chance we might get to see a non NHL referee or linesman work an NHL game this year. Which would just be insane. Yep. I I will say uh, I'm just waiting for that phone call. (laughs) <laughs> my my uh my bag's always packed ready to go yeah right hey i i live 15 minutes from the rink fellas 
Yeah, this year is definitely – I mean, if they had to three-man one of these games, that would just suck overall, I yeah. think, for the officiating crew. But it's definitely a very junior-style schedule, which, I mean, look, all of these players, all of the officials have done it. Yep. So it's just – Well, and that's not really an issue. And I know in talking to a few of the uh, guys on the roster – um, basically they're not allowed to do anything. Yeah. They, f- they fly to their city, they go to the rink, they go to their hotel room. Um, as far as the, the last thing I heard is they're only even allowed to see the crew when they're at the rink. Well, so I mean, like when, when they no, when they're, when, even when they're at the hotel, they have to keep in their own separate rooms. They're supposed to not hang out with each other, you know, just to, potentially mitigate if someone gets it and somebody else does then you're down to two guys so it's it's a pretty lonely year for them so the only time they're really seeing the guys is at the rink i mean even the players are going through that though as well because yep. it was they uh, can, yeah they can week. they can yeah they can sit on the bench next to each other yeah. without a mask on but if four of them are in a hotel room together without a mask on it's a hundred thousand dollar fine yeah, so the the last last week the Capitals got fined 100k for breaking the COVID protocol and then four players are now out for COVID protection whatever yeah. however that list works. I think it's like they have to test negative four times in a 7-day period. Yep. Um so Ovechkin's out two major players in Ovechkin and Kostutsinov, yeah, the Russians. Season? Thank you. All of the like all of the four major Russians on uh on the Capitals are, are gonna yeah. be out. So I mean it sucks for the refs, it sucks for the players, but it's kind of one of those it is what it is, I think, situations. Yep. Yeah. Well, we have that and then um we also have games getting rescheduled. The Lightning have already had now two sets of games rescheduled. Um, they had their Dallas series rescheduled, and now the Carolina series is rescheduled. I was just saying because Carolina has they they've had I think probably three or four games now that's gotten postponed or rescheduled. Yeah, so it's definitely but an interesting year. Got to be flexible. Yeah, I mean this is it's just one of those years where I think you just got to say you roll with the punches and whatever happens happens. Mm-hmm. Um. So and then uh, moving moving on with NHL news, we have uh, this kind of a minor detail. So the NHL decided that this year was going to be the first year they implement puck tracking 100%. They did it during the playoffs in the bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto with no issue. However, the pucks that they got sent for this year Apparently all the players were complaining about bouncing or not coming off their stick, right? Whatever, you know, players will complain about anything, but they complained to the point where the league has decided to go back to their stockpile of pucks from like the 1920 season until the manufacturer of the tracker pucks is able to provide them with a new batch. And before we go along any further, we've just been joined by our beautiful interview for the week. Corey, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to see you. What's going on, Corey? Face to name here. Yeah. 
We're, uh, I don't know, trying to stay warm up here in Winterpeg, minus 27 outside Celsius. <laughs> no, thank you. Wait, 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 hold on. Did you say minus 27 C? Yeah. Yeah, capital C. It's not. Uh, it's... Yeah, do the math there, Ross. Math hold, there. Hold, hold on. It's going to be chilly, I'll tell you that. Yeah, not much outdoor hockey going on right now. No, or indoor even for that matter, especially in Canada. Yeah. That's yeah, neg- that's for for our American listeners and those that use Fahrenheit. That's negative seventeen degrees. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> so, uh, Corey, obviously, I don't think anybody really knows who you are. Um, a little bit about yourself, like who are you? What do you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, for starters, so Corey Coop, um, I'm 28, so I'm living in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, so central kind of central Canada there. I grew up in Squamish, BC. So out on the West coast. Um, and I guess, you know, officiating background wise, uh, started refing when I was 12 bright and early. My, uh, my dad was a ref, so I wanted to get out there and, and hop on the ice with him. um, was playing at the same time as well. So kind of worked my way up there. And, uh, so currently I'm, uh, I'm an official in the Western hockey league. Um, there you go. I, yeah, so we, uh, I got hired full-time last year, so this would be my second full-time year in the league. Um, obviously, we're still waiting to get rolling here. It's uh, kind of every province, every state is doing something a little bit different. So, yep. you know, we're getting updated soon on what they're looking at. But, um, you know, we just got news a little while ago that we're getting a, at least a 24-game season. So, what that looks like in terms of how many games officials will get or what our travel will be like. We don't know. Hey, 24 is better than zero. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and then it looks like Manitoba's kind of clamped the curve. They're looking at opening things up again pretty soon. So I know all the leagues below that junior a and everything they're looking to get going as soon as they can. So we're just kind of a bit of a game. Yeah. So I, uh, I have my level five, so I'm hoping to get my level six, uh, you know, next year if I'm, I'm eligible for it. So hopefully get the invite there. Um, I just uh, just managed to hop into kind of the international circuit or the first steps of it in Canada, working the, uh, the world under 17s. There you uh, go. Yeah. So hoping to be able to continue with that. And then uh, in the summertime, I run a little ref school. So it's, uh, it's still pretty new, but it's, uh, it's called Coop's Call Officiating Camps. And um, we had our inaugural camp, not last summer, but the one before that. So I kind of ran it in conjunction with the Whistler International All-Star Tournament. Okay. So they do a, uh, a summer hockey tournament. It's 24 days long, believe it or not. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, they do a three-day tournament for each age division. Very um, cool. Break it down into chunks like that. But, have, you know, for the last 14, 14 years, I've been up in Whistler there um, grinding away. So I usually work about 100 games in that little span. And um, together, with buddies up there that are in the Western League with, we uh, we wanted to find a way to get back to officials. And the, the summer hockey gets a little hectic. Uh, the parents are, uh, they're, they're enthusiastic, I guess, is a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, aren't all minor hockey parents enthusiastic, especially about the officials? Yeah, you can say that. So um, having seen, I mean, everything from having cops in the stands um, at games to having to break up fights in the parking lot, you know, we've we've seen it all, right? And you can remember how 
intimidating that was as a, you know, a young official coming up, having these full grown adults screaming and yelling at you. And uh, so, yeah, we started Coop's call officiating camps kind of help with that. So we, we pair up, you know, have a four man system, have three younger officials on the ice with a, a major junior official out there as well um, to kind of be able to officiate a game with them. And then, um, you know, if you're not familiar with Whistler, um, it's my favorite town in the world. Beautiful backdrop and uh, summertime. I mean, even the arena has windows on it. You got the sun coming in. You've got the two mountains in the background and um, pair that with having some fun because, you know, summer should be some downtime, be able to get away from the rink. But, um, you know, there's enough of us out there that like doing it year round. So we yep. like to. Get Sounds like I need to make a trip. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I, I was a goalie my whole life. So one of those weird ones. Um, well, you know what they say? The best referees are goalies and goons. Yeah. <laughs> and I follow up by saying I wasn't a goalie. <laughs> is that uh looking on your nose there it looks like uh a few scars huge tails yeah there. <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i've gotten in one or two over the years so yeah so i um i actually so i played junior a and then i uh i actually crossed the border uh went down to wisconsin and minnesota played a bit of d3 hockey okay I lived down there for a couple of years and then um once i decided to hang up the skates playing i switched over to just officiating full time so that's when mm -hmm. things kind of started to blossom for me and and take off so i've uh, i've been doing that for a couple of years now um and then uh for work currently flipping a house so having a bit of fun with that there trying to keep the lockdown that, uh, that sounds like a good time something to keep you busy at least absolutely absolutely especially with the lockdown right now it's uh yeah. it's been good so yeah so we're now we're just we're sitting and waiting for uh for next season obviously last uh last year kind of ended abruptly so a lot of unknowns with things so we're just waiting to get back on the ice again it definitely wasn't fun i mean i was fortunate enough down here in florida that um yeah the coast league shut down for us early but as far as like youth and like men's league and stuff like that, we really haven't had any, had any issues. We're actually right now, um, one of the junior leagues, the USPHL, the entire league is here in Tampa playing oh, wow. out their season. So I've worked almost a game a day since they've been here. Uh, they got here January 6th. Yeah. So by the time that's all done for me, fuck, I'll be close to 40 games. Wow. For this league. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been interesting. It's been a lot of fun, especially seeing teams that, you know, I don't get to see year round because of uh, where they're located and where I am, but yeah. What, well, um, so you said your dad officiated. Yeah. Okay. So like what, uh, what did your dad get, you know, to high level hockey or why, what, and obviously you said he was your inspiration for putting the Jersey on. Yeah. Well, he, no, he was just doing it more so for fun. It was, you know, I grew up in a small town, Squamish. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you'd see the same referee at, a, you know, basically every game. The same guy was out there all, you know, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And Oh, God. Uh, Bless so, his heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we had a couple of those guys growing up. So, you know, my dad would be out there doing some of my games when I was younger. And um, so, you know, when I turned 12, it was, he said, hey, man, it's a great way to make some cash. And mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was a chance to go out there and skate with them, which I thought was was really cool. So um, that was kind of what got me into it. And um, like a lot of us, at, you know, at the younger ages, I got hooked on. I was like, man, I could make 20 bucks going out yep. there for an hour and make my own. 
school and like this is great right so yeah that's what that's what got me into it initially and then it was just something that you know I had a blast doing right from the get-go so I just kind of stuck with it and um, was the perfect little gig you know throughout the winter and then you know down in, in Vancouver which was a 45 minute drive tons of tournaments throughout the summertime so it, mm-hmm. it turned into kind of a year-round gig for me I think we all like once people try it you either get hooked or you quit like unfortunately yeah. that's just the way it goes but you know it's it's definitely something that's um gotten me a lot further in, in hockey than i ever would as a player and uh refing is just so much fun and the brotherhood and the camaraderie with it and i mean like you know working out in the western league i'm sure you guys have uh you know, coming up, you guys probably all worked with the same guys and have the same kind of stories and all that kind of like we have down here. So like here in the U S we have the officiating development program, basically uh, when you're a younger official, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, somewhere in there, the ODP, if you're good enough, like you end up working like the NA three, the North American hockey league, and then move on up to the USHL and then graduate into pro. Now, obviously with you working in the Western hockey league, like how does it work in Canada with development as far as like, is there like a specific officiating program? Is it um, like pro- uh, provincial as opposed to national? Cause like ours is a national thing. Yeah. Um, Cause you, and you mentioned you're a level five and that's, that comes from the province, right? Like the provinces who put you up to go for level five. Yeah. So okay. that that level five is a national certification, but it is up to your province to nominate you all the way up to level five. And then level six would then, that's when like hockey Canada makes that decision okay. on which will go there. So for the grassroots level, you know, it all starts within your, your specific branch. Um, so kind of based on what city you live in, there's a, a bunch of different branches. So Squamish just has the one, you know, you get into Vancouver, there's a few different branches. So you start working your way up there, kind of level one, two, three. Um, and then once you get to level three, um, that's when then your province steps in. And so your province, like, so when I was growing up, I was in BC, not Manitoba. So BC hockey kind of identifies you and then has you nominated for your level four, or your level five. So they'll have... Okay provincial camps so kind of like a state camp that they do okay um so that will get you to your level four and five and then that's when you start kind of getting on the radar for um you know the higher levels for junior a for western hockey league and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing um in terms of a national development program then um we have our uh we have our program of excellence for players and then they have the opoe so officiating program of excellence okay so that then you need your level four as a linesman or, you know, your level five, your level six as a referee. And that's sort of our like national development program. Gotcha. So then we and then, have a- so are, are those the guys that get the IIHF licenses then? Yeah. So you need okay. your level six for the license if you're a referee and your level four as a linesman. Okay. Oh yeah. To be up for grabs for that, then you need to be identified and be selected to go to one of these OPOE camps. Mm -hmm. Um, So they'll do regional ones. And then every summer they have a national one um, in Calgary. Um, And so to be a part of that pool, you have to go to this camp. And then once you're there, it kind of starts you on a a three-year cycle. So once you're into the program, you have three years to be selected for one of these bigger tournaments. 
Okay. Um, if you're not selected within three years, then you're kind of cycled out of the, the program and, and new officials identified okay. and brought. Gotcha. And so as a linesman then, cause that's, that's where I would, that that's my, uh, uh, bread and butter. Trade. Yeah. 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 So do linesmen progress past four or do they just keep you as a level four, like in five and six is specifically for referees? Yeah, exactly. So four, four is the highest level you need to go to as a, as a linesman. Okay. Um, so you won't see them going any further past unless they decide to switch to, to refereeing. Okay. That's and interesting. Five, I did not know that. Yeah. And then five's kind of a, an in-between, like it allows you to do that, you know, the world under 17s, but it really, okay. it's just kind of a stepping stone. Whereas you need your level six to then progress to anything, you know, any of the big international yeah. tournaments. Yeah. See here in the States, we have everybody, you know, most of the, like the, when you're good as a younger guy, you go through the ODP, obviously USA hockey, we only have four levels. So yeah. we max out at level four, but then we go the ODP route. And then once we're there, um, you also work through the USA hockey camp systems, which is, we have a futures camp, which is for like the 18 to 20 year olds. Then we have, um, what is it? Elite camp yeah, elite brendan there there's elite camp and then there's high performance high performance which is um the highest camp and then there's another one called merit program of merit is where you get invited and then the guys that go to that are the ones that get their international licenses okay so like we kind of do obviously we do things a lot differently yeah um, and getting to that merit camp on the USA hockey side, that's where like most of those guys are working. Um, they work, they're usually ODP graduates. So most of them are either working uh, like uh, division one NCAA ECHL, maybe some American league or they're like senior, got more senior guys in the USHL. Right. So okay. that's, it's, it's definitely a lot different. Um, yeah as far as the way it goes, but obviously we're all trying to get to the same place. Yeah. It'd be, you know, the, all the Canadian guys that did the world junior. I'm sure you have some friends that did that. Yeah. So I'm sure that was cool to watch. Like, Hey, yeah. I know those guys. Yeah. Any, no. uh, did you hear any good stories come out of that, <laughs> that you can, uh, that you can share anyway? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely a different experience, you know, being in the bubble was, uh, they, they definitely had to sacrifice a lot going there, you know, early before the tournament starts, yeah. a lot of time away from families. So, you know, it wasn't your, it wasn't your average tournament where, you know, there's excursions and everything like that. Yeah. It's uh, it, you know, yeah, where you can go have fun with the boys and go get into shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was uh, a pretty, pretty tame one. Uh, in that regard, what, yeah. um, what did you think about the uh, pregame puck drop? open mic for the referees i loved it which was your which line was your favorite uh let's do that hockey yes <laughs> just like that little the snl sketch like that was uh that that cracked me up so you know i like i really liked that one and then the uh stay positive test negative <laughs> i know oh man and it's just it's cool. You know, I think the refs deserve a bit of airtime there, you know? They, oh yeah, for sure. They don't get any love the rest of the game. So I think that's, um, you know, it's a fun one and it gives the boys, you know, something to do with all their downtime was uh, do a bit of research <laughs> before and, 
come up with some chirps before the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was really funny too listening to the uh, the French Canadian officials trying to like to give give us their best English. Kind <laughs> of an accent, I know. And usually, it's always funny because when we have our you know our OPOE camps, right, is uh-huh. when we all get mixed together. And yeah. for the most part, they're all you know all their English is really good. Whereas like none of us out west really speak French at all. Yeah. Um, but like some of them said, it's like they haven't been around anybody that's spoken English in a while so they were literally like as much dust as they had on their skates they had on their English too so (laughs) having to jump in there was was awesome that and then um the gold medal game that little exchange uh with the open mic with I forget who the player was but he got in the referee's face he's just like get the fuck away from me yeah oh that was so beauty yeah, I know it's, it's one of those, you know, I mean, it's definitely it's it's crossed all of our minds. But, uh, you know, for me, it's something that it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a tough look. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I've never had the pleasure of getting to even see uh, like a major junior uh, game live other than on TV, let alone skate it. What's it like working the Western League with? Obviously, you got a lot of kids out there that are going to get drafted to the NHL. Yeah. Um, The biggest change, you know, especially, I guess, from an officiating standpoint or, you know, just being out on the ice, like now it's it's a business, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, everything up until then, you know, even junior A, like coaches are making, you know, they're making okay money doing it. But a lot of volunteer work, it's, you know, it's it's blood and sweat and tears and and you when you jump to the western league now like now it's it's a production there's like you know people's careers are on the line so it really adds an extra element of you know suspense and and um excite for me excitement to it that it you know now it it means a lot and and when you have those guys that are are trying to get drafted it's like every single game means something to them because Mm -hmm. you know even if you know there isn't a million fans in the stands like they know there's scouts watching every game so to those guys like it it doesn't matter you know what the what the crowd looks like or you know what position or what you know what spot they're in in the standings like they're battling for their future careers yeah so it just it keeps everybody like on edge and on their toes the entire game which is uh it's a pretty cool step so you know, some of these arenas that you go to, there's some pretty loyal fan bases. Actually, I love hopping down into the States myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting down there to Seattle and, and some yeah, of those Spokane, spots. right? Yeah, Spokane's unbelievable. They have some really good rivalries there and the fans are right into it. So, um, you know, that gets me excited to see the Kraken come into town because if they oh, can I know. bring that energy and excitement they have in the Western League to the NHL, it's going to blow the roof off the uh, the arena there it's going to be unbelievable 100 percent. and then obviously too like in canada you guys have the major junior system but not a lot of minor pro like yeah. we do in the states whereas like for officials if you go like the american route so to speak it's you end up working minor pro hockey to try to get to the national hockey league whereas with on the canadian side a lot of you guys get hired out of major junior and then, and then you go like, you know, you work your like American league and whatnot, that kind of difference goes like, I know in my experience, like working a junior game, um, it's a lot different a mentality out there than working minor pro. 
um, dealing with these kids because that's what they are at the junior level. Um, what's it like with them? Because obviously they are a lot playing major junior. They're more mature than like just regular junior A, right? Yeah. Like they they don't say a word to you guys. I assume like you call a penalty. They mostly don't say boo because it's an attitude thing on top of their playing. So like, what's the relationship you have with the players out there? Yeah. Um, no, well, a good, a few good points there. And, um, you know, there's a few different ways to, to look at things in terms of like development with not having, you know, minor pro, um, you know, officiating, we're a bit, a bit luckier where they'll travel referees a little bit more. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you are going to be making that step to the American league, they'll travel you. Whereas, you know, for a lot of the linesmen that do make the NHL out of, you know, at least Western Canada, um, a lot of them going right from the Western league into the NHL. So it's a pretty big jump there Yeah. where said you're, there is that difference between, you know, having 16 to 20 year olds on the ice and now men that are, you know, 21 to 30. Right. Yeah. So, or, you know, have been playing longer than you've been alive in the case of Joe Thornton. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. So there's a few provinces that are lucky, you know, now being in Manitoba, like they have the moose. So some, linesmen out here get a you know a taste of that that minor mm. pro working their way up yeah once you get into quebec you know it's a bit of a different story there you know there's a few more american league teams out that mm-hmm. way so it is a bit tougher when you're in when you're in western canada it's it's a bit of a bigger jump for for the lineys so you really have to make the most of you know what you what you have so in terms of rapport with the players um you know they are they're the maturest for their age right so yeah. you will be a bit of a bit of a difference um you know again for myself i haven't skated a you know a minor pro game so i well i would say maybe like just the level of maturity from like junior a to major juniors got to be a huge jump yeah it really is it's you know your captains in junior a will kind of display what you'd see from the lower level western league guys right but now when you jump into when you jump onto the ice of the western league these guys they see the game in a different way Mm-hmm. And so they, they bring that to conversations, you know, they'll pick up on things that, you know, a junior A player might not see. So it really like there, there is a pretty big jump and you have to be on your toes because the, the players are there. They're, and they're a lot smarter now too. Like, yeah. you know, I remember when I first, you know, got into it, uh, I, one of my favorite sayings from other referees was uh, a hockey players never said anything smart, <laughs> but but now like these, these young kids like playing the high level junior. And then even, you know, my experience with the last few years working, whether it be the coast or when I was working in the SP, they're so much smarter now. So like, and they're a lot wittier too. So like, you got to always be ready for anything that comes out of their mouth. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, So yeah, no, like you said, they, they keep you on their, on your toes, but there will be flashes of, a bit less maturity too, mm-hmm. so, you know, the captains and the assistants, like dealing with them, it's, it's um, yeah, you can, you can have a conversation, um, you know, and a, a logical one. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, there'll still be spurts of it where they'll, they'll show a bit of a bit of immaturity, but for the most part, they're all, they carry themselves like they're, they're playing minor pro. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a pretty big, a pretty significant jump from, uh, from, you know, minor junior, junior A mm-hmm. to, to major junior. Do you, um, do you work any like the senior stuff, like the senior A, like the, cause I know like when my dad years ago went to university of Alberta 
and yeah. uh, instead of playing college, he played a couple of games for a senior A team. Yeah. Where, you know, each little town has a team and it's the adults. And, and it was funny. I remember him telling me he played a couple of games. He's sitting on the bench watching these guys beat the f- ever-loving shit out of each other. Guys coming back off shifts, missing a different tooth. And my dad's sitting there going, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so do you ever, do you ever work any of the, any of that stuff? It's some of my favorite hockey to work. Um, okay. So I, BC doesn't, there's a tiny, like there's a few teams, but it's not as big. Whereas like for Manitoba, like you mm-hmm. have some of these farms, like small farm towns, like uh-huh. they live and breathe that senior hockey and like yeah. the arena's packed. It's like minus 40 in the arena. They don't care. <laughs> and it's like, well, I should say it's kind of funny because from the beginning of the season to December, they, you know, they're like, ah, I got to work tomorrow. It's not that bad. But then from like after Christmas break through playoffs, uh-huh. like every shift, someone's leaking, like there's, <laughs> missing, there's scraps, like, you know, I got to I got to work one of the finals of uh, the Carillon League here, and and there's this team Notre Dame, and it's like this arena is only meant to hold like 150 people, and it's like there's like 400 people packed into the stands. Like the 50-50 was insane. So we're like out there at intermission trying to grab tickets, and it's just like <laughs> the atmosphere is unbelievable. And there's so much like small town pride in it, and these guys yeah. know each other personally. Like it's, uh, it gets pretty vicious. And especially when I first started refing in it, like when I shaved, still a bit of a baby face, uh-huh. you get 40 year olds and they're telling you where to go and how to get there. And there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause it's all those guys, obviously, you know, they might not have been good enough for the show or anything, but some of them played pretty high level hockey and, yeah. and they get into it. And I, I've heard oh, like yeah. the stories, like you said, the, the little towns it's you know town pride that yeah. you know their team won or whatever and it gets it gets pretty damn heated out there yeah so i guess like that would probably be the equivalent of working probably like our sphl or the federal prospects hockey league which we have down here as well which is yeah that league is uh beer league on steroids essentially yeah. is all that is. <laughs> that's a good way to put it but i mean that's it's Pro, like senior A's beer league with hitting and the guys have a lot of pride. It's a good way to put it. So, and in terms of a development tool, it, it actually does help because now it, it teaches you how to deal with, with man grownups. Yeah. Kids, with right? adults. So, yeah. It, um, a lot of communication skills are learned out of it. Um, how to stay, stay out of the way. Cause a yeah. lot of these guys are skating with their heads down, like <laughs> taking slap shots. They don't care where the puck goes. So you, uh, you learn how to dodge duck, dip, dive and dodge. For sure. There you go. <laughs> Great dodgeball reference. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. What's the travel like in the Western league? Like, like, I know all the teams are like really spread out. Like how bad is the travel in that league? Yeah, it's, um, Depending on where you live, I mean, some of the, the central teams, it's not so bad. But, you know, my my last two years in the Western League, I was living in Victoria. So I was on the island. So, um, you know, from a from an officiating standpoint, you know, you're lucky to get one or two home games a month, if that. So every time I'm at bare minimum taking a an hour and a half ferry ride that you got to be there half an hour before. So before I even get onto the mainland, I'm like two and a half hours into my day. Then if I'm going to Spokane, I got another five or six hour drive. Um, And then if you're working with one of the, you know, one of the guys that 
some of them have families, jobs, they got to work the next day. Like you're turning around, hopping back in your car and driving right back. So you're checking into your hotel at 4 a.m. You're getting up at 7 a.m., hopping on the ferry and you're back into Victoria so they can get to work the next day. So it's uh, Victoria is a bit of a grind. If you're up in Prince George, um, you know, northern part of B.C., you know, the closest team to you from there is like five or six hours. So they've got a bit of a grind there. And then if you're out east, you know, Winnipeg, Brandon, um, you know, unless you're playing some of the Saskatchewan teams, you got a 12 hour bus ride ahead of you. So the teams definitely are put through the paces. Um, you know, if you're from the officiating standpoint, um, you know, a, a five or six hour road trip's pretty common. Um, usually they'll try and keep you there for a game or two. Uh, if you're going anything further than, you know, one province over, then you'll be hopping on a plane and flying, fortunately. So those ones aren't too bad, but there's, there's definitely a good mix of it. There's some, you know, like 18, 19 hour days. And then there's, you know, the home, the home games every once in a while that are five minutes down the road. So, uh, so you are obviously a referee in the W, uh, did you start as a linesman, work your way up or did you get full-time hired as a referee? Uh, I got full-time hired as a referee. Um, when I was younger, I kind of always went up doing both, enjoyed doing both of them. Um, so it wasn't until I had finished playing that uh, then I'd gone back to the Western League has like a summer tryout camp. Um, had gone there, they asked you, hey, do you want a ref or line? And I'd checked both boxes and, and they said, you know, at this level, you got to pick one. They don't really have anybody that does both. Um, so there's been a few guys that have kind of progressed as a linesman and switched over to ref, but they're pretty few and far between. So once you're getting into the Western league, you've usually picked which one you're trying to excel at and uh, you're moving forward with that. So I just got hired as a, as a referee. Uh, Ross, do you got anything else to ask? Man, not that I can think of right now, but I definitely want to have you back on once, uh, once you guys start wheeling in the Western league. Yeah, yeah, the no, season going. And uh, yeah, I would love to love to talk and, more. Uh, the borders open up here. We'll uh, have to get you guys up to Whistler. Oh my god, that'd sure. be amazing! And then uh, we definitely maybe uh, at some point before your uh, your camp coming up this summer, if, if you guys are able to do it this year, I think we should uh, have Jan to promote the camp a little bit. Uh, we uh, can, that'd we mean can, a lot to me. We I can uh, we can dive a little more into the camp side of things. And what your goals and what you do there, as opposed yeah. to, you know, like what we're talking about now with the on the ice stuff. Yeah, Re- really quickly. Give us the elevator pitch then for the camp. <laughs> um, so it was uh, essentially it's the time of your life, man. If you're like we said, refing, it's all about that brotherhood. It's about that camaraderie, the, the fun. So I'm combining all of those elements. We want young officials that are kind of on the cusp of, you know, are they they're thinking about, or am I going to stick around? Do I like doing this? We want them to come to Whistler. We want them to get on the ice, uh, get a taste of a very competitive spring hockey setting, be on the ice with major junior guys. So guys that they look up to in the officiating world, step on the ice, ref an actual game with them. And then you head back to this unreal, like 18 bed log cabin um, that the kids have for the week, get out, explore the lakes, biking, Frisbee golf, um, and just have a really good time with the boys. I'm sold out. I'll, I'll be up there. Right? I mean, sold. Yeah, let's, let's go. Well, uh, at least if, if the borders close, you'll still be able to cross it there. Mr. Brendan. Yeah. But I got a quarantine for whatever, 14 days. Yeah, I go up a couple weeks early. Exactly. Yeah. Go see the family. Eh? You won't regret it. No.
Corey, thanks for coming on. Uh, we will definitely have you on later yeah. down the road, but thank you for coming on. Guys, thanks for having me. Stay safe out there. Have fun. We'll see you down the line. I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Mr. Corey Coop, Western Hockey League referee. Uh, we are definitely going to have him back on again as the Western Hockey League season gets underway, whenever that happens. And then definitely uh, later in the year towards the summer to help him promote his ref camp. Um, I think another thing we should mention that if there are other ref camps out there for people that listen, if uh, you guys want a little shout out, maybe a little advertisement, let us know. We can certainly put out the information for you. I think, uh, Brendan, we need to uh, we need to do that read for Acme, Thum- Acme Thunder. So I'll uh, go ahead and shoot it over to you for that part. Yeah, that uh, interview was sponsored by our amazing sponsors at Acme Whistles, helping you make the big call since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunder is now available in matte black. We have the one in our store with the custom Team Stripes logo on it. I have two of them. I rock them all the time. They're awesome. They're the only whistle I will ever use from now on. The matte black looks just stunning on the ice. So, yeah. Obviously, thank you to Acme Whistles. And, yeah, I mean, Ross, what what else do we need to talk about? There's still a well, little bit of hockey, we have, I think. Well, I, I think we need to talk about the biggest thing that we have going on here. Okay, let's For do those it. of you that are watching this podcast on YouTube, you will notice this jersey that is right here next to me. Beautiful number 21. Number 21. So this sweater was uh, given to us by uh, NHL referee TJ Luxmore, and he signed it. And this sweater is the grand prize for our 1,000 subscriber raffle. Here, let me see if you guys can oh, – hold on. There it is. So TJ, like I said, was nice enough to donate this game-warm sweater to us. It even has the Mick Magoo patch from when Mick passed away that they wore the, so they wore these the rest of the season. Um, So what we need everybody to do is comment on this podcast with your name. If you are a subscriber, because we can only access about 300 of your actual names (laughs) due to some privacy settings within uh, YouTube. So if you're listening to this podcast, not through YouTube, Please go to the YouTube link for this page, put in your name, because I think next week we are going to try at least to do the giveaway. First place gets the TJ Luxmore jersey. Second place gets an item out of our store. Third, fourth, and fifth all get a Team Stripes matte black whistle. Yeah, and so for the competition, obviously, as Ross said, due to the stupid privacy rules, of YouTube. I shouldn't say stupid. I mean, I get it. Um, when I was pulling the list of subscribers, I was like, why is there only 300 realized why? So what we're going to do is have you guys comment on the video with your guys's name. And then what we'll do is there's a bunch of software that I found that randomly selects comments. So you do have to be subscribed to win. So subscribe if you haven't, um, and if you're one of the comments picked, we will contact you over social media. Hopefully we can do that late this week. Obviously we want to give everybody a chance to enter the competition. Yeah, I think, I think we should do it next Monday 
uh, well, what I think we're going to do is live on either Twitch or Facebook or some way we are going to do um, the raffle. raffle. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, but I mean, we have to jump into, I think, probably the biggest news from the NHL so far this season, and that is the Patrick Line trade. Or the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, or whichever way you want to look at it. However you want to look. Um, For anybody that lives so under a rock, really quickly, if I, you do live under the rock. I was living under a rock until the next day, because I didn't find out about it till Sunday. And I saw it. I was like, holy shit. Because I never thought in a million years Winnipeg would trade Patrick Laine. Mm -hmm. So, really quick. The trade is Patrick Laine, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and then Winnipeg also receives a 2022 third-round pick, and then Columbus gets forward Jack Rosalvik. Um, Laine and Jack were both unhappy, I would say, with the situation in yeah. Winnipeg. Well, I was reading a story today that apparently Blake Wheeler and um, another guy on Winnipeg – did not make line a feel the most welcome. And um, so there was some, there was some locker room drama on both sides, obviously with Columbus Dubois wanted out him and torts did not get along. Someone not getting along with torts. Go figure. Shocker. Shocker. Um, and then obviously line a was having some teammate issues I don't think Dubois is anywhere near as good as Patrick Laine. I think uh, Columbus won this trade handily. Um, I just, I don't see Dubois being the player that Laine is. And I think with Laine getting out of there and being out of a very toxic locker room situation, he's going to flourish in Columbus. I don't, I really, I don't know about Dubois to be honest at whatever, but man, it just blows my mind that they traded him, especially because of that, like, Finnish heritage with Timu Solani being a Winnipeg Jet and then them getting Patrick Laine. So, like, he was their next Timu Solani, and they just had locker room issues. So I'm going to disagree with you. I think this trade to say who won is going to be – a tough one, I think, to say. Well, it's going to take years to really figure out the winner. But right this second, and I, I just think Line A is the much better hockey player. Obviously, all like the the two big names, Line A and Dubois, both wanted out of where they were. You saw in Columbus, Pierre for some reason didn't get along with Torts. I mean, in the last two games he played as a as a jacket, his ice time was like four minutes in the first period, none in the second, and then same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's the thing. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois all around is a more skilled player in the defensive zone, more responsible, I should say. Whereas Patrick Laine, you know what? He's probably going to put you know, 30, 40, 50 points up on the board every season, no questions asked. Um, but is he what John Tortorella wants? I don't think so. And, oh, and I, we'll I think that's the issue that we saw with Dubois because Dubois, I think, is a very offensive-minded player, and John Tortorella is defense first, defense first. So to see if Line can thrive in that situation, I will be interested. 
mm-hmm. obviously he's going to help Columbus score goals, which is huge. Because well, that's really right now what they need. That's their issue. Um, but Pierre Luc Dubois, I think he's going to come into Winnipeg. He's going to do the quarantine, the fourteen days, and however many negative tests he needs. And I think he's just going to thrive in Winnipeg. I think I think if you put him with the right guys, you put him with like a Wheeler or Shifley, I think he's just going to thrive and he's going to put points up on the board. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm a huge Patrick Line fan. I love the guy. I think he's a really good hockey player. I like watching him. I like watching him play. He's one of the one of the guys outside of watching the Lightning that if he is on, I will certainly uh, give him a look. Yeah, and I mean, like if if you really want to break it down, they were drafted the same year. Line we, uh, I believe went we second. Might, we might have Duvall a second guest for the show today. Oh, who do we got? Uh, you'll see. Is it Mr. Bourgeois? No, I, I think Logan's going to join us. Oh, even better. Yeah. Bring him on. Yeah, um, he said he'll, he'll be on in a couple minutes. So Awesome. I can't I, I definitely want to we, – we, we definitely want to talk a little bit. Uh, I wanted to get Brandon on too, but Logan joining is going to be great because just talk about what like having a 1,000 subs means to us as a podcast and as a community and as you know, a couple of, couple of talking heads uh, – just talking hockey and refing, like it's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I never thought. Trust <laughs> I when 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 I first started, I think we were at like six or seven hundred subscribers, and I was like, man, like one thousand would just be an insane to get to. And then we got it, and I mean, everything since we've hit our thousand subscribers just keep going up and up and up. Yeah. And I mean that for us, yeah, our is, our next goal is five thousand now. Yeah. Oh yeah, five thousand and. We'll go from there. Yep. There, there so ain't no stop. Logan's going to join us here in a second. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, let's Want to talk what, about the Caps third jerseys that they just announced today? Yeah, sure. We can. I love them. Uh, it looks like very similar to, if not, it is a jersey that they've worn in the past. Yeah, I thought it was stadium one of the series jerseys. jerseys. Yeah, it was one of the I up- think I think it was the one they wore at Annapolis. Potentially. It's it's beauty though, blue sweater, white shoulders, a little bit of red, a white W with red stars. Um, it looks good. It's a good. Mm-hmm. It's a nice looking jersey. They're gonna wear it seven times. I think everyone's wearing their third six or seven times. Correct. And then they're wearing their reverse retro three to four. Yeah, that was from my understanding of what I got. Which from is that. a little disappointing on the reverse retro. I would have liked to seen the reverse retro more than the thirds, but hopefully going forward, the next couple of years, they keep using these reverse retro jerseys. Yeah, I'm all on board on just making the reverse retro jerseys everybody's home jerseys. <laughs> uh, I know, like, for me last night, like, I was truly disappointed when the Flames came out for their first game in a week. And I was like, man, like, Sunday game against the Leafs, like, either pull out Blasty or, like, go with the bright, bright red ones. But they just Mm -hmm. went with their normal home ones. And, like, to say I was disappointed would be an understatement. Yeah. I – the the one thing that I wish I, I don't like that the le- the teams have to be like, hey, can we wear this jersey tonight instead of that jersey? Like NHL, let them wear what they want. If they if the Lightning, let's say, want to wear their blacks one night, just let them freaking wear them. Who cares? Like as long as the other teams coming in with their roads, which are white, 
I was just like, saying, like, it don't who matter. Who cares what color sweater, whether it's their their primary, their their third, or the reverse retro. Now, obviously, like in the situation with Colorado, their reverse retro is white. So then the visiting team would have to bring a colored uniform. That's a little different and should be pre-planned. But like if they're sitting in the room on, on a for a Tuesday game and they're like, hey, you guys want to wear our black sweaters? Why not just let the team pick what they want to wear? Like I get to on Shell. Exactly. And I mean, like, if we're being like real honest, like let's say Nashville and Detroit are playing each other, they could both wear their home jerseys. Wear colors. It's yellow versus I went, red. I went to a preseason game a couple years ago. The Lightning played the Hurricanes. The Lightning wore blue. The Hurricanes wore and it was freaking awesome. It it probably looked really good too on TV. It looked great. Like color and color. Why not? Yeah. As long as both teams aren't wearing blue or it's not the Red Wings and the Hur- and, and the Hurricanes both wearing red. You know, let them mix and match. Let them have fun with it. Like I saw the other day that um, Oster, Oscar Limbaum had to ask the NHL if it was okay for him to wear a cancer sticker on mm-hmm. his sweat, on his helmet, which they approved. Obviously. obviously. It's not the NFL. But it's a no-brainer that like if a guy, like if there's something controversial, yes, but they should have to ask. But like a cancer ribbon on your helmet, mm-hmm. especially a guy that survived, like why does he even have to ask? Like put that, wear that thing proudly. What I think so, would be really cool for the jerseys is if your fans could vote on it the day of the game. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? That'd Which be sweater sick. do you want us to wear tonight? Yeah. Make it a pull from, you know, whatever, 8 a.m. to or, like 2 p.m. Or even charge a buck for the vote. Like, and make it, into lost a, revenue. make it into a 50-50. Or, I mean, you don't even, or you could donate that money. Exactly. Like, oh, charity of the day is uh, feeding Tampa Bay. Donate a dollar to pick which sweater the Lightning wear tonight. They're blue, they're reverse retro, or they're black. And I guarantee you people would be all over it. Oh, they would. Because I, I mean, I would be. I would. I'd, I'd pay a dollar. Oh no, to, no. to get it to get a vote and saying which sweater they wear. Plus, all especially that does is it, make you more invested. Yeah, especially team. if uh, if it goes to a charity. Oh, one thousand percent. I think we're onto something. If the NHL does this, you heard it here first on the Team Stripes podcast. We got big brain ideas. And today. NHL, we, we want some royalties from that. Please and, <laughs> please and thank you. Please and thank you. Um. Really quick, I think we need to at least kind of look back on the last week and a half of okay. the NHL season. I want to know for you, I guess personally, has there been any big surprises? I'd say one big surprise is how bad Chicago really is watching their first couple of games against the Lightning. Yeah, they got pumped. And 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 also like how with these with the alignment of these divisions it's crazy, but like there are teams that are clearly like the four teams that are going to go to the playoffs. You can just before this even started, we all knew which four teams from each division were going to be the playoff teams. Yeah, for I think the most that's part. what I think that's what sticks out the most to me. Yeah, I mean, right now in the Discover Central Division, Chicago is sitting third. Te- yeah, technically they're, they're sitting third they're two and three <laughs> the, well two three and one now the only reason why they're sitting third is dallas and florida have both only played two games yeah. carolina has played three 
And then Nashville and Detroit have both played five and six, and neither mm-hmm. of, n- neither of Nashville and Detroit did anybody expect to be in the top four anyway. Yeah. Um. So I mean, no major surprises there. I think I so would say though, we look at the East. We have the Cap Washington. Yeah, the, I was just gonna say the Caps are three zero and three, so they're either winning in regulation or losing in overtime. Yep. Yeah, and they've played – it was their last four games have been decided in overtime, which it was the first time since I believe it was 2011 that they had to do that. Um, they've honestly surprised me just in their goaltending alone. Uh, whoever they had the past two games stopped, I believe it was 100 out of 97 shots. Hey, there he is. G'day, boys. What's, What's up, up, Logan? Oh, man, just living so the fucking dream. Hell yeah, bud. So we're just sitting here talking about because I talked about the raffle, showed off the sweater. Yeah. And we we had a little moment of talking about a thousand subs on our YouTube channel. So do you have do you have a thought about what that means to you as one of the guys like you and Brandon obviously got this thing going? There's more Brandon that got it going, but yeah. Yeah. Um, But like what does having a thousand subs mean to you? Oh man. Uh it's actually pretty cool because for me, it's like watching Bourgeois start and then kind of when Bourgeois came back from Ottawa to here, mm-hmm. we shot shit about him. He goes like, you and Esty, another friend of ours, kind of helps out. He, uh-huh. He's like, you guys should help out. And then I kind of got pushed in the podcast role and, uh-huh. and I wasn't producing. So that's why he called you guys onto this. Yeah, <laughs> fair <So>. enough. <laughs> Oh, we're recording this. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Surprise. I should have warned you. We're, we're, we're recording for the actual, for the podcast uh, we're releasing. That, that's fine. That's fine. I, I wing everything as I go. So perfect. So, uh, well, then you can jump in with us. We're actually talking about like how the season's gone right now so far and like any surprises. So, like for, for you, have, what, what's been your biggest surprise as far as? you know, the first two weeks of the NHL season with standings and teams. Uh, you got any, uh, Jesus, I lost any thoughts. Okay. Um, oh man, it's been pretty good. A little, little disappointed with Colorado is hoping that they're going to come out a little bit stronger. I was just going to talk about that, that West division, the Knights Mm -hmm. are five and one and the abs are three and three for, for Vegas to come out this hot to me is Mm -hmm. pretty impressive, especially where that's such a, big division like that's a tough yeah. one so it's, it's a big toss-up and i i wasn't expecting vegas to come out like that i figured figured colorado would be up like well and two, since you're an abs fan how do you feel about the blue pants i'm not i'm not an abs fan i'm just oh, okay. i just got money on these guys <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that's well so really you're is. kind of an abs fan i i am for 2021 <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i i guess so brandon brendan too like these blue pants are killing me. Yeah. I mean, if they, if, I, I need them to go back to the black. <laughs> well, I'm okay. Like I like the blue, except it doesn't match anything. No. Like it would look good with the Dornit, the Nordiques jerseys, but that's, I think about yeah. it anyway. So a little, little quick side thought. Um, and then we were talking about the central, how the lightning are having games postponed and changed around. And then the stars are, have only played two games and they're two and oh and it's just all sorts of crazy i find but, the seven nothing win against nashville is pretty impressive like to come out this hot yeah with this long of a break where they haven't had any like real in-game 
intensity yeah. and just to show up and win seven nothing to me is kind of a statement yep and to make and it then, look easy uh, and then how bad chicago's goaltending is oh it's a tough one yeah they they don't have a, they don't have an nhl starting goaltender on their roster they did just sign darling though to the american league oh did they so <laughs> yeah darling will wink. be on the ro- yeah, yeah darling will be back in a week <laughs> rumble rumble wink wink cough cough yeah I saw that. What so, about uh, uh, oh, the North ahead. Division here? Like Montreal's four zero and two after six games. Yep, and the Leafs are set uh, five and two. The Leafs, I think, should be there. Montreal, yeah. I think, is surprising all of us, or at least me. Montreal is low key good right now. They, yeah, they've been just under the radar, just playing solid hockey. They got Carey Price behind them. Like, and honestly, no let's let's be honest. That's all you need is Carey Price. Yep. Yeah. Score three if you score three four goals a game, that's you know Carey Price has got the rest. Even one goal a game half the time with Carey, yeah. you just need to score one maybe two, and you can either get in you either get the win or you go into overtime. Yep. And then Vancouver at two and five, I think is underperforming, but not surprising considering they're in a rebuild. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know people in Vancouver are kind of hitting the panic button right now, but, I mean, I don't see the need to. They're obviously it, in the middle of a rebuild. And then, obviously, Ottawa at one and three and one is no surprise. At least it's exciting when they play. It, like, every game I've watched so far of Ottawa is they've at least made it exciting in the sense of, like, there hasn't been a blowout. Mm-hmm. With Vancouver, I mean, Vancouver, I think, lost, like, seven to two one night. And then uh, with Edmonton, how about McDavid getting that uh, Hattie on the second? Was it game two of the season? Yeah, not a surprise. That that no. is a beauty. That goal, I think it was the second one, where he just flew by everybody like they weren't even moving, was ridiculous. He makes like it look the, way too easy. The defensemen were like, "Where'd he go?" <laughs> <laughs> Kid's so freaking good. And then let's see. And then we were talking about the East. Obviously, the Caps are three zero and three. The Penguins are four and two. Flyers three and two. I think uh, Boston. Have they scored five on five yet? Yes, they finally did against Philly when they they beat them. Okay. I think it was seven rip. It was six or seven rip. They beat Philly because they went what four or five games without yep. scoring five on five. Yeah, I think they went four games without scoring five on five. And then the Devils are three one and one, which I I expected them to be one three and one maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially That's where the playing Rangers Boston. Are. Yeah, but I mean, like if you think about it, the Devils opened against Boston for two games, and Boston didn't score a five on five goal against the Devils. That's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then Philly lets them score like six. So. And then how are we feeling about uh, Chara with that Caps sweater on and then Taylor Hall in a Sabres sweater? Um, I'm a fan of the chair moving. I mean, it kind of – it looks it looks weird. I like, yeah. Really fucking weird. <laughs> oh, am, I, uh, am I allowed to swear in this? Yes. Probably. Yes. yes. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I'm, I'm a rookie at this, boys. You guys are more seasoned than me. so. But I, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of that. It's definitely taken some time to get used to every Washington game I watch. I'm like, why are they saying Chara's name? Like he's on Boston. Like this isn't a Boston Mm -hmm. game, (laughs) but I mean, it is what it is, right? Like he's doing well there, which is good to see. Yep. And then uh, Joe Thornton 
in uh, Toronto. I guess he's hurt, right? Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I haven't seen How him about, play. though, I think it was the other night, He, I forget who they played. It, he has like 1,400 points, and he had more points in the top two lines. I think they were playing maybe Ottawa. Yeah, it was Ottawa. Or he had more points himself than the top two lines of the Senators. It might have been the whole roster. No, uh, I think because I mean, ja- I think Yager's one of the only people that's ever had that. Because it is Ottawa. I mean, they're they're yeah. definitely young. But it's just you know, it's just funny seeing uh, like Joe Thornton wearing that that uh, Leaf sweater, and then he went back to that number ninety-seven mm-hmm. that he had years and years ago. So that's been, or was he number ninety-seven in San Jose? No, he was nineteen, wasn't he? He definitely wasn't ninety-seven. Okay. So Logan, what's good, man? What's going on up in the uh, Maritimes? Uh terrible. Yeah. So um, our province is just getting smashed right now with COVID cases. I mean, compared to the rest of Canada, it's pretty small. But like, for for really small ass province, like we're getting uh-huh. smashed right now. Oh, so man. I haven't touched the ice since like late November. So I don't even know oh, if wow. I can skate anymore. I feel like I, I feel like I need to request like a little red chair or something like that when I go out next. There you go. Oh, just get one of those little push things that you yeah. get a public skate. Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna ask for my first time on the ice. Like there you go. And it's just a gong show. So that's just that's unfortunate that, that you guys aren't skating. So are all the rinks just shut down? Like so we got we got three different phases. What we call is yellow, orange, and red. So yellow, like we can all play, everyone plays. Orange, uh-huh. it just means teams can practice. Okay. And then red, just everything's shut down. So we're half the province is in red right now. The other half is in orange or transitioning oh. in as of tomorrow night. So, okay. and it's, it's kind of shitty for us where with the Quebec league, like teams are still able to practice. Like for, for me, like my hometown, like the hometowns, the Moncton Wildcats, like they're practicing yeah. every day. And then we're, we're supposed to jump on the ice, like, probably i don't know in a month if everything starts to clear up and get Uh ready for game speed when these guys have been practicing like all season long and i've just been on the ice like i'm on the couch eating chips and like i'm just a total i forget i forget the comedian who said this but are you uh naked on a beanbag chair eating cheetos no (laughs) eating cheetos yes It's more just it's just the the late night TV joke like, oh God, who was it? Anyway, I'll I'll find it and I'll, I'll send it to you guys. It's a, it was a really funny bit, but it just kind of reminded me of that. Like we're just you're sitting around doing nothing, like waiting for hockey, and meanwhile down here in Full Send, Florida, yeah, and, um, and Full Send, Texas. It's, it's business like, as it's usual. Past Full Send at this point, like it's just stupid at this point how yeah much zero fucks you? given <laughs> oh just zero and it's just like hey i know you skated 16 games last weekend but like here's here's 16 more and you're like no, no thank you no i'm good <laughs> yeah you're like my legs see like honestly right now i'm in the moment where i don't miss much hockey like it's really weird yeah. to say like in 12 years of refereeing this is the first time i've been like i'm okay with not refereeing right now fair enough it's it's weird but I don't know. It is nice getting that little break though. Like, I mean, I had a break from February to like September. So true. That was like a lot. That was the longest break I ever had as well. Mm -hmm. Like usually I'm, I'm doing summer hockey, spring hockey, fall hockey. Like it's never stopped until, 
till last year. And it's like, it's kind of a weird feeling. Well, let's hope uh, we get you guys back up on or back on the ice here soon up there. And how's, uh, and you know, I forgot to ask Corey this when we had him on, how's the vaccine stuff going up there? Uh, Are, Are they, are you guys giving it out yet or so we're we're giving some out um from what is it I mostly just like the the hospital workers and stuff yeah so a lot of the okay. the health healthcare people and we're giving it out to like the older the older yeah, generation from what i understand is that quebec ran out of vaccines so i don't know if that means rest can ran out i have no clue i'm not gotcha. here to alarm anyone yeah However, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was just I was just curious because I mean I know like here in Florida it's elderly and healthcare workers are yeah. priority one. Yeah, it's so, the same here. So yeah. Well, hopefully uh when this thing gets when the vaccine gets completely rolled out, at least north of the border, you guys can get back to hockey. Oh, it'd be great. I mean, like sitting home doing nothing watching hockey is not too too bad but you can only play video games for so long and right put on well, a you got to, you got that uh light up headset on i'm gonna have to hit you up for some call of duty later oh 100 <laughs> i'll play just about anything right now but sweet sounds good we'll have to play some Warzone. which actually we uh we should transition to there uh that's a good segue for brandon talking about uh we're gonna do some gaming right yeah, we're still trying to figure that out for the YouTube channel. Obviously, just trying to put any content and as much content as we can out there. Uh, we're going to start gaming, doing some like Chell, some Fortnite, Call of Duty, whatever it may be, like just to have a live stream going. Uh, yeah. You guys hop in, chat with us. We can talk about hockey. We can talk about gymnastics. I don't care. Like just... The guys can uh, see how bad at Call of Duty I am. Exactly. <laughs> I am no better. Like, I suck at all of these games. It's okay. Um, but I think we are going to organize a Chell tournament. Yeah. I'm still figuring out the logistics of all that and how to do that even because I mean, I've never once thought about putting one on. Um, so, figuring that out. Hopefully, sometime this summer we can do it is kind of my goal. Yep. So that's Sounds all I good. got though for this episode. So Ross, if you got anything else, I got, I got nothing else. We got to thank our two guests. So we had uh Corey come on, talk some Western hockey league officiating and all that. And then we had uh previous host of the podcast, Mr. Mr. Logan, come on and join us and, and hang out and <laughs> shoot the breeze for a few minutes. Perfect. Talk about what having a thousand subs means to us. And uh, yeah, Logan, you got a, you got a final thought uh not really i i want to go back to the um <laughs> stay positive test negative boys <laughs> yes. i love that line that's probably my favorite line of the whole you entire know we year. we talked we asked Corey, you know what his favorite line was and he was like do, let's do that hockey and i said honestly that one was good but my favorite was also the stay positive test negative so I think that's uh, I, I think that, sh- that that'll be the motto for this week's podcast. Stay positive, test negative. I agree, boys. I use that at work all the time and people are starting to shake their heads now. So I think it's catching <laughs> on, boys. Perfect. Well, with that said, I think that rep is, uh, ah, wow, if I could speak. With that said, I think that rep wraps up this episode of the Team Stripes podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next week when we do our raffle to give away this awesome NHL referee sweater and the other prizes that we're giving away as well. The uh, anything you want to pick from the merch store and the, in the three whistles. So with that for 
Brendan and uh, Logan and Corey. Thanks for listening. I'm Ross Grimaldi, and we will catch you next time.